Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord for that. It's just good to get excited about singing and singing praise to God. I I just was in my Bible yesterday, just had it kind of, it, it, it's kind of getting floppy a little bit, and it flopped open there, and it was an Acts, no, not Acts, Psalm 9. And I was looking at the Psalm 9, I don't know if, it, if that's anybody's, anybody's favorite there, but Psalm uh, 9, 2, and we're going to, we're actually going to memorize that verse, and it talks about, uh, I will, I will praise him, I will be glad, and I will rejoice, and so I, I just, just as soon as I read that verse, read that couple of verses right there, I said, I need to preach on that right away, and uh, so I actually, actually uh, went to the family devotion that night, so this is our family devotion tonight, it's not from my Bible reading, I just happened upon that verse, and and the thing about David, and David just saying, I am determined, I am going to praise the Lord. I'm going to thank Him. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to be glad in Him. And so that's just a, just a wonderful thought there. And so it's a blessing to sing praises and to be able to just be glad in the Lord. We don't have to be mad because we're at church. But just be glad. I mean, this is the right start of the week. And because uh, and, there's going to be times this week, probably, as, um, as it gets hot, we're going to get kind of cranky. You know, and, and it's hot. And why do, we, why do we live in Oklahoma when it's this hot? And uh, why does anybody live here? Why would people from all over the country be flocking here? And it's hot. And, and, and then we're going to go, hen, but it's, and it, you know, there's nothing to do. And there's nothing, you know. But hey, we can be glad in the Lord for all that he has done. And so... You know, there's going to come a time where time shall be no more, and we're just going to enjoy God for eternity. So, let me have you turn your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 9, and we'll start reading here in just a couple of minutes here in verse number 32 in Acts chapter 9. Um, <clears throat> Recently, my, my nephew was married, or got married, and, and I think about all the, the pre-parties and all the things that went on, and and um, the, the showers and the, um, the gatherings and the family from down here getting together because they're getting married in Michigan and, and then the family getting together up there and then the, all the pageantry that goes in uh, to, uh, to, to preparing and then for decorating and making the event just so spectacular, you know? Now, maybe, maybe you don't think that way about weddings, but some... It's it is it is a downright production, you know, just to have a wedding. But then that event, it comes and goes, and yes, there is pictorial evidence of all of that, and uh, and all the all the excitingness of uh, pictures and and albums and and all that goes on with that. It can almost eclipse the fact that there's a marriage. You know, and, and okay, all right, that was exciting. But the the real imp, real importance of that event is it's, it's commemorating the beginning of a marriage, and uh, and so you know people don't necessarily flock uh, to the new couple. You know, they flocked on that day because there was cake. No, no, they they flocked on that day because it was exciting and they wanted to celebrate uh, with that couple. But then there's a marriage, and, and then there's a, there's a new home established, so to speak, and, and all of that. And, and, and the reason I bring that story up is because this morning in our, in, our, in our reading of our text here, 
there oftentimes is so much emphasis on the events that take place and not enough emphasis on what the big picture or purpose is for those events. All right? So, so we, are, we are easily caught up in the moment. Am I right? We can get caught up in the moment. This is exciting. This is, uh, you know, I can, remember, uh, I can remember playing sports and going, man, there are no fans here during August to a day football practice. No one is watching. But Friday night they'll get together. And they'll hoop and holler, but, you know, there's not as much uh, excitement here at, at hot football practice. Can't even have a drink of water and, uh, and the gore and challenge of that. But the thought of, 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 of God allowing spectacular events to take place, but in a greater context, there's something miraculous happening that is going to last much longer than the spectacular event, Okay. So if you have found your way to Acts chapter 9, I want you to stand together with me. We're going to start our reading in verse number 32. And, and it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all the quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her up in the, uh, laid her in the upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, uh, they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them, and when he, when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping, and showing the coats and garments which Dor- Dorcas made while she was with them. Now, Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that when he tarried many days in Joppa, that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Now we'll stop reading right there. Of course, it's the end of the chapter. We'll stop reading right there. And I, I don't have a, an ultra clever title for the message this morning, but the, the concept, if you will, of let's not get over... <laughs> over-emphatic on the event and lose sight of why it happened, okay? We can't get overexcited just about the event at the expense of losing sight of why it happened. So let me just, let me just kind of tip a hand, if you will, on the passage, and that's this. God is in the miracle business, but let's not look for a miracle that is, that is only complementary 
to the greatest miracle, and that is salvation. And someone says, well, I love the miracles. I love the thought of a miracle. I want a miracle. I'm all about miracles. Amen. But let's not lose sight of why God used miracles in this context. It's because of the greatest miracle that He ever wants to work then or now, and that is to deliver someone from the bondage of sin in their soul and set them free. So he is in the miracle business. So let, let's ask him to help us this morning as we dig in here just for a little bit this morning. And I, and I want to say this. I want to have a good time together in the Word this morning and just enjoy. May the time of church not be a drudgery enduring. Let's enjoy this. Let's, in, let's have a good time in God's Word this morning together. Father, we, we, we seek your throne. We, we, we come before you. We know this. You, are, you have been good. I was thinking of the choir singing that. You have been so good to us. And, and, and it's so thankful that you change our life at salvation. And, and what, a, what a great and mighty change you make. And that you don't only change us in the moment from who we were or who we are now. But you changed indeed our eternal destiny. You, you gave us a home. You gave us a promised home in heaven. And we are eager to be there. We look forward uh, to going. And, 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 and you've given us hope and, and peace and joy within that, that we can't get any other way but, but from the one who made us. And we thank you this morning for the salvation that is indeed a miracle in our life. I ask you this morning, Lord, to help me as I, as I convey the truth here, Lord, to, to, to be accurate with your word, to be helpful to your people and in, in the, the, what the Word of God can do to profit our life. We know this, we're reading a historical account, a narrative of what took place in, in the early days of the New Testament church, the concept of, a, of the church age and, 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 and the age of grace. And, and I thank you for that. And, and I, I ask you to help me in that effort to, to convey that. But then also, Lord, help your people to enjoy the feasting on the Word of God and, and, and enjoy. Uh, thank you for the atmosphere that we have here, this comfortable atmosphere here at the, at the Lighthouse Baptist Church. But then also thank you for the people that you've surrounded us with, that we have uh, the blessing of fellowship and friendship with amongst other believers and saints. And I, I'd ask you uh, to help them to, to take it in, to receive the Word of God and be nourished thereby. And then we leave being grateful that we are the recipients of the greatest miracle ever performed, and that is to save a lost sinner from their, from their, from their dreaded consequence of sin. So we thank you, Lord, for the time together. I ask you now to accomplish your purpose now in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you to be seated. Now, the narrative goes back, and, uh, you know, Acts does a little bit of that jumping uh, back and forth, and we have the mental capacity to be able to follow kind of one or more, more than one storyline at a time, and, and I, I think we are, we are becoming even more expert level at that when it comes to uh, social networks. I can follow this storyline. Did you hear about that? So what's going on? Did you hear about what's going on? Or did you hear what's going on over here? And we can follow those storylines, so to speak. And so in the narrative or the, the, um, the um, historical account here of the New Testament church, we have uh, the narrative has been on Peter and uh, what has happened with Peter and James and John and the early day apostles, and then uh, what kind of flowed from the day of Pentecost 
and how that God has, has established and empowered the New Testament church to go out and to share the gospel. The persecution comes, the scattering takes place out of Jerusalem. They're going here, they're going there, they're finding themselves up in Samaria. And, and you remember Philip uh, goes forth and he's preaching and he's teaching in Samaria. Uh, then you find one who's on a, a, a road there that is, uh, is on the way. An Ethiopian eunuch is there. And so Philip attaches himself uh, to that man by the direction of God. And he runs up to, uh, thither, gets in the chariot with him, teaches him what he's reading there when he doesn't understand because he needed some man to guide him, remember? And so there's that portion of the narrative. Then, then we get on the road to Damascus up there in north near in Syria, the former capital city there in Syria. And up there, Paul gets saved. He has uh, uh, the experience of meeting the Lord and getting saved. And we, we dealt with that in our, in our text there. And now the narrative goes back to Peter. Now, I know a number of people named Peter, and I and I, I can relate to that that thought of feeling like Peter sometimes. You know, I mean, there are times in my life where I feel like, I mean, almost like an Elijah complex. God, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm living for you. You know, I mean, I want I want people to be saved. Like today, I want I want everybody I can come into contact with to be saved. And I think in my life, probably in your life as well, there are times where you feel like I. I mean, I. I feel like God has set me aflame for him and, and I want to see people's lives touched. And, 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 and at times you feel like uh, you're questioning whether or not God knows what he's doing, you know? Are you sure, Lord, this, this is what you have for me? Are, are you sure? I'm not sure this is the plan. I'm, did I miss something? Was there a memo miss? Or uh, did that go to the wrong person or something like that? And I think we can relate to Peter and how sometimes Peter is going, not so, Lord. And, and at times he's going, yes, yes. Everybody needs to get on page with the Lord over here, okay? And, and, and pay attention to what he's saying. And, and uh, y'all had better pay up, uh, pay attention here and uh, get, your, get your attention on God. And so I think we can relate to Peter. And, and you really look at it and you think, of all the people God used so mightily, Peter. <laughs> I, I think Peter would have fumbled a few times if he was the uh, on a football team. I, I think Peter would have would have missed the tackle a time or two, and uh, and uh, I think Peter would have would have would have accidentally forgot to set the alarm at the company uh, 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 door locking process. There, I I think Peter would have been that guy who would have. Uh, would would accidentally said the wrong thing uh, sometime at a family gathering or maybe at a, a Christmas gathering of the family where everybody kind of went. Okay, Peter's here. <laughs> you know, Peter's at the in the house. You know, and and I, I think we can relate to Peter, and, and he wasn't just like you know Peter is here. Peter is perfect. You know, it wasn't Peter. Peter was uh, constantly uh, needing the Lord to, to check him and uh, to get him in order. And and there was there was a stretch in his life, no doubt about it, where where God uses Peter mightily. And I think we're in that we're in that prime, if you will, spiritually in Peter's life where. God has him, you know. He's not a fishing, you know. He's not out naked on the boat running from God. He's not far away. He's on the shore. He's back from the shore. And, uh, and he's, he's, he's back to the place where he goes, okay, Lord, you have something for me to do in my life. And I don't want to live a minute without doing that. I don't want to miss the boat on what your will is for my life, knowing my days are numbered. And, and so, uh, again, I, I think we can relate to Peter and 
And, and when we look at someone like this and we, we jump into a text, we, I think we just sometimes, uh, we, we deify these humans. They're just people. We're, we're like us, you know? I mean, I, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you struggled a little bit this week, feeling like anybody even liked you? Don't show your hands. Just uh, like, do, do people even like me? Uh, and and I, I'm finding myself, the older I get, thinking I, I must exude a little bit more negativity than I did maybe in my uh, younger years. And, uh, and, uh, and sometimes people kind of go, oh, I don't know if I want to talk to him. He kind of scowls a little bit. Now, uh, you know, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know where you go, but sometimes as a, as a parent, maybe a young parent, you're in the home and, and, and you're looking at your kids and go, I love them. Everybody that sees them just says, wow, those are amazing kids. I love those kids. But I feel like I'm just kind of like in a war zone here at the house. I feel like this kid, I brought you into this world, give you life, and you treat me like this. Wow. You know, and, and, and you go, where's the, the fun and, and, uh, and excitement sometimes? And you kind of go, man. And, and then I go to church and I'm hearing preaching or I read my Bible and I'm looking at that going, I'm supposed to live holy. I'm trying to keep from slapping somebody, you know? I'm trying to just keep myself out of jail, you know? And that's kind of where I'm living sometimes. And, and, and I think Peter was like that. So when we think about the things that are going on here in Peter's life, we maybe we can just say, I think Peter understood. <laughs> I think I can understand where, where Peter is. So again, it's a, it's a window of time here where there's some good things happening, and he's using a man. He's just using a man. And uh, it, it, is, it is a miraculous passage. We read a couple of, about a couple of uh, really three in particular major miracles that take place in our text, and we worked our way through those those verses right there. And, and I want to just start by saying this. God throughout time has been in the miracle working business. It really has. Old Testament, you can look at so many times where they're recorded. The, the miracle, the parting of the Red Sea, the plagues, the, uh, the, the, the shutting of the lion's mouth in, in the Daniel's lion's den, uh, uh, the, the preservation of the men in the fiery furnace. And the provision of food in the wilderness. I mean, 40 years now. Uh, I, I, I want to just remind you here that um, someone, said, someone said to me this last week, I think we're heading possibly for a recession. I have to say, I thought, at best, we might be heading for a depression <laughs> or a cessation. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're heading for. Uh, but you know, uh, God is able to provide for His children in the wilderness. Uh, he can prepare a table for them in the wilderness. And he's done that. He's proven that. He's proven that God is in the, the miraculous ability to do all kinds of things. Feed people in, a, in obscure places. Uh, uh, give people things to drink when water's not available. Give them raiment. Give them shelter. Give them all kinds of provision. He's able to keep men alive in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. He's able to do all of those things. And we look back in the Old Testament and go, those are great stories. Those are compelling stories. Those are very interesting stories. I like those Old Testament miracles. But if you fall yourself over to the New Testament, you see more miracles. More miracles. People being raised from the dead. People being healed of sickness. People having blindness then able to see 
people that can't walk for a long period of time in their life then able to jump and leap and excited uh, about the opportunity to be able to walk again. So the New Testament, we're seeing miracles again and miracles and miracles and miracles again. Fast forward. Have you seen any miracles lately? Now, we're not going to have a share time here <laughs> because sometimes things that would be uh, possibly classified as uh, miracles are, are sometimes the work of imagination. And sometimes things that are classified as miracles are, are, are the work of uh, embellishment and, and excitable uh, storytelling time. And uh, not everything that you or I have heard that someone has said, no, it was a miracle, I'm telling you. I, I literally saw God come down and talk to me. I, I was there. And you go... So not everything necessarily is a miracle that you hear about and maybe even some things that you have thought you have experienced or maybe I thought I have experienced, whether it be through our dream world at night and as all the things are in our minds in this carnal, in these fleshly <laughs> robed bodies around our soul and, and the thoughts that we have had, some of the thoughts you've had in your mind and your dreams and uh, things that you have imagined may not be a miracle from God. It may just be you've been watching too much weird movies, okay? You've been watching too many weird, strange YouTube things, okay? And, uh, and, and it, it, sometimes you go, you know what's weird? As I was talking about this particular thing, and my phone was in my, on the side of the couch right there beside me, I was talking about that, and then just right after that, an ad popped up for that. And I, I have a story this week about that. I have a story this week about that. <laughs> Let me share it with you. Okay, I was at the, um, at the um, thrift store, and I saw a toaster that this toaster can make toast by a digital selfie put into the toaster and it can make a piece of toast from a selfie. <laughs> Guess who I thought of? <laughs> so I bought it for you, Brother Joel. I did. The Lord told me to. There's a story of a lady who said, I saw Jesus in a tortilla. I did. I was making a tortilla, and I thought, that's a sign. What would the sign be of Jesus in the tortilla? <laughs> a lot of things that people say, it was miraculous. I, I saw him. I saw God. God was doing something. I, 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 I walked up to a, a bush, and it was shaking. Well, okay, so what was the Lord doing? Well, the Lord clearly had a message for me in the bush that was shaking. Could the message have been the wind blows and moves the bush? Could be. Or could be there's something in the bush. Or could be there's an earthquake. It could be lots of things. And oftentimes things that are interpreted as miraculous maybe aren't so miraculous. Okay. All right, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of following you here, Brother S., so we kind of be careful with our miracles. The miracles in the Old Testament were never just, just because. Just because. 
The miracles in the New Testament were never just just because. They were always purposeful expressions of God for a purpose. And the purpose in the Bible times when the Word of God was being penned and exposed, it was a complement to the very Word that God was giving. And it was in the process of revealing to mankind. So that we can, we can say this, God was about a work of revealing His will, revealing His nature, revealing His character to mankind. And He did that, compliment, He did that, and He complemented it with miraculous things and miraculous events. So that you could say, He, 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 He did that with style almost. You know, he did that with with a zip to it. I mean, wow. He gave his word. God could have just said, I'm going to write some things in stone. I'm going to lay them out there on the ground. You get some scribes, record those things, and there it is. It's just right there on the ground. Okay, God could have taken the sky and just laid out a scroll and just said, here are the words of the Old Testament. Here are the words of the New Testament. Get some scribes, write those things down. No more miracles. That's it. That's what's going to happen. I just want you to know that's my word. God could have done that. And he, he at times did uh, some of those kinds of things that I just mentioned, but always for the purpose of revealing not something obscure or opaque or uh, uh, unclear. God had a specific calculated purpose for those miracles, and it was not to confuse us or them. It was not to confuse them. And it was certainly not to give uh, uh, a, a, a glory to uh, any of the servants of God. That was not the purpose. So if you, if you see the character of God revealed in miracles in the Old Testament, miracles in the New Testament, if you see how God did that, then we need to be cautious in our day and time saying, miracles are for this purpose and miracles are to point to some other uh, 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 purpose other than than to reveal the will of God uh, to man. If there if there is a message that is conflicting, we can just rest assured that's not a miracle from God. It could be a power from the adversary because the devil has power as well. And you might just say, could it be? That what I'm crediting as a miracle is really the adversary doing something supernatural, but not to point me to the Word, but to pull me away. I want to answer that question for you. Yes. Yes. That, that, that has happened in the Old Testament. It has happened in the New Testament. And it does happen today. Okay? It does. So, are miracles something we need to seek after in our daily life? Are miracles something we need to say, God, I need a miracle so that I can know you're real. I need you to demonstrate to me that, you are a, that you're an amazing, faithful God. I need that. Listen, I want to I say this. That's a, that's, a shallow, that's a shallow perspective toward God's credibility. But that perspective is being bolstered in the Christian communities that I'm aware of in, in, in the United States of America.
that, that movement of God did something miraculous, miraculous. And you go, well, you, you lay out all the details of the miraculous and it, and it conflicts with what he miraculously revealed in his word. So are you really catching miracles from God? Or you may be trying to find something that's exciting and, and fun to, to think about and, and maybe almost makes you out to be a more spiritual person because you're getting something extra unique that other people aren't getting. All right? So we're, we're kind of covering the spectrum of time here when it comes to miracles. And we're looking at those things. And, and I, I'd encourage you to this, that you don't have to take my word for any of the th- claims I make from this pulpit. You need to see to check those things. Be like the Bereans. Comb the Scriptures, you know. Uh, search the Scriptures, seeing whether or not these things are so. That would be what's called noble. They were noble in doing that. And so I'd encourage you to do the same. But just to help us here, to kind of just get the context of this passage Miracles are, are, are not something that we just need to go, I want, a, I want a miracle. I want to have it and I need it. Because if we're not closely tied to God and His revealed Word through His will, through His Word, if we're not deeply in the Scriptures and making right division, we can be duped by the supernatural ability of the devil. We can be duped by the supernatural ability of our own evil imaginations that can take us places and, and build and fabricate stories that we can take ourselves right out of the will of God. We can take ourselves far away from what God clearly stated and complemented miraculously through signs and wonders. Now, I've said this, I know, more than once in our study in the book of Acts. I know that I've said this uh, a number of times even in the Old Testament through our study in the book of 1 Samuel and, uh, and some of the miraculous things that took place there. And, and I know I referenced this, but, but again, I mean, the, the devil's just so cunning. He's so clever. And, and, uh, and we think, well, if it's, if it's, if it's abnormal, if it's uh, seemingly supernatural, it has to be God trying to tell me to do something different or to do something. And, uh, and he's trying to speak to me. And, 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 and I don't have to run it through the Scriptures because because I feel it. I sense it. I, I think I'm supposed to do this or that. And, and, and we never run the check saying, God, is this truly you? <laughs> and God says, if you'll, if you'll stay in the Word, you'll, you won't have to be confused about these things because God is not the author of confusion. So... Miracles. We're looking at some miracles here this morning in our passage. So let's go back to verse number 32. I'll start with saying this. Here's a great, here's a great miracle that takes place. All right. Came to pass as Peter passed throughout the quarters, all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda or Lydda. Okay. So we're talking about a 25 to 30. Uh, mile distance from Jerusalem. Remember, Jerusalem was up, okay? And uh, you're up here in Jerusalem, and to go down an elevation to north and west fashion, uh, up here to a land called Lydda or Lydda. And, uh, and so here's, here's Peter, who's making, he's going about all quarters. Now, the first question you might ask is, okay, what's Peter doing going about all quarters? Uh, uh, what do you mean quarters, okay? I know there are certain sections of different uh, uh, townships or towns 
that they would say that's, that's that quarter or it's the, the French quarter or that's that quarter of town or that section area. So Peter is going around to the different quarters and, and you have to remember the apostolic authority that Peter had in that day. And, and he had uh, not only that, but he also had authority in the New Testament church in Jerusalem. And, and we, we, ha- oh, we have to remember this. And uh, listen, I, I don't want to just say these things to bore you. I don't want to just say these things to, to take up your time because you go, it's Sunday morning. I mean, we're at church. We get, are, are we going to get bored to death with this? But the point of sharing these things is because they, they help us in our day-to-day life throughout the week. I promise you this. I promise you. I promise you this is that Peter being the leader or uh, overseer there in the church in Jerusalem would have been making his way around to these other saints and he's, and he's verifying that they're doing things the way that God intends or Jesus Christ intends for his New Testament church to do things. Now, we don't do that anymore, all right? We don't, we don't have hierarchical uh, apostolic leaders in at least not the churches that, that I'm involved with. And, uh, and, and I think we can validate that through the scriptures is that in the time of Acts, during the first century, there was a, there was a need for the double check and uh, checking it, checking it, overseeing it, making sure that all things are done according to the Scripture and the New Testament. So even such when there's a, a dispute on whether or not, whether or not people that have uh, been uh, not circumcised at birth, but they get saved, do they still need to be circumcised? Well, they came to the church in Jerusalem to do what? Check that out. Are we, are we on board with the, the doctrine of salvation? Is it okay? Do they have to get circumcised if they're going to truly be saved? No, they don't need to do that. And, and so who, who are you taking into the temple? Those kinds of questions are, 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 are being ironed out. And so Peter is going about uh, making sure everything's going, going well and making sure that things are staying in a sound fashion. And so as he makes his way around, uh, there, there is this man who is sick of what's called the palsy. All right. So let's follow the text here a little bit. Uh, down to verse number 33. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas. All right, not a, not a saved man, just he came up on this man that had been on his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy, okay? The palsy, all right? Now, uh, uh, has, any, does any, has anybody ever met somebody with like a cerebral palsy? Okay, does anybody not know what that is? We're, we're talking about a, an, an issue of disruption in the nervous system that affects the muscular dexterity and uh, and and so it's it's difficult uh, for a number of people with a palsy to have uh, uh, a a full function muscularly okay and it may sometimes affect their speech it may sometimes affect their ability to walk and and uh, sometimes it, it, there, there can't be a conversational thought with with someone and so oftentimes it's a, it, it's just it's just a muscular uh, inability okay can't grab things, can't hold things, can't do things, can't get up out of bed. Okay, so that's where this man was. Eight years, sick of the palsy. And so he's down. He's down and he's out. And so there's no way to just say, uh, hey, I, I'm just going to get up and work my way through this. I'm going to fight through this. And, and listen, I always, I always get kind of concerned when I hear people say, I'm going to beat cancer. Ugh. 
It scares me to think about that. It just concerns me that people say, no cancer is going to take me down. Well, okay, uh, all right, we're going we're to do our best to do what we're supposed to do. We're going to pray. We're going to do things right. But we don't just bolster up and just say, I'm going to beat uh, cancer. I'm going to beat diabetes. I'm going to beat heart disease. I'm going to beat all this. Well, careful. And now I'm not saying we take a fatalistic approach and just say, well, if I get something, I guess I'll die of it. I guess that's just the way it happens. No, no, go through the motions take the right steps, do the things uh, prescribed. But this man didn't have access to the Mayo Clinic. There was no MD Anderson. There was no ultra uh, advanced medical technology and all the advancements that have come along that oftentimes people that struggle with things then, they would have never struggled with that now because of the advancements and, and all the things that are on and medicines and things that are available now. But here he was, all right? Sick of the palsy. Paul, Peter comes up to him. Peter comes up and, and he sees this man who's been on his bed for eight uh, years, the Bible says. And look at verse number uh, 35. I'm sorry, verse number 34. Peter said unto him, and, I, and as Jesus Christ maketh thee whole, arise, make thy bed. And he arose immediately. Look at this. You think about this here. This is a great miracle. Peter's, Peter's going out, and again, church in the infant stage, and he's making his checks and things. Comes up on this certain man who has this, uh, uh, this, this basically this, this death curse, if you will, just going to lay in bed till he dies, and, and he comes up on him, and the miracle takes place. And so he comes up to him, and, and he says something. I think it's important for us uh, to catch this, uh, the, the vernacular, the terminology that Peter uses. Peter didn't say, I'm telling you to get up in my power uh, to get up and walk. No, Peter very much rolled the credits, very much uh, uh, laid it out there that it's not me who's doing the healing, but he says here, it is Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. All right? So the, the expression of the miracle wonder-working power of Peter he was very careful to roll the credits and say, it's Jesus Christ that's making you whole. It's not me. It's not, it's not for my uh, advancement. It's not just so that people can look at me and go, wow, Peter, you are like a God and we're going to kneel before you. Uh, uh, you are Jupiter. Okay? You, you are, you are, you are the, the uh, Greek God. That, that's not what he was looking for. He was going forth with the message of the gospel. He was going about making sure that the other quarters of the other churches and the saints were, were going about about the work of being a witness in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the purpose was. It was not so they could go around, ah, oh, the Christians are doing some awesome stuff. They're healing some people. They're, 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 they're doing miracles. And that's, that's quite a movement. Man, that's a miraculous movement. There's healings going on. There are people being healed. That, that was not the point. It never was the point. It never has been the point, And it never will be the point. But it was a complementary ability that confirmed that they were the ones doing the gospel work. So as Peter's going out, are you witnessing? Okay, New Testament church, we're not losing sight of this here. And uh, we're not losing sight that we're just going around uh, trying to uh, uh, impress people with our powers. Can we back up just a little bit? Remember the, the sorcerer, Simon? When he saw the miracles going on, he said, how much you asking? I want that, you know? How much, how much does it cost me to be able to get that miraculous working power? Because I want to buy that. And they said, no, 
It's not for sale. That's, you're, you, that spirit is off base. So, so that base has already been covered, okay? That, that concept has already been dealt with. No, it's not about the power in and of itself. But this man is being told that in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, you are made whole. And so he arises, arise, and he gets up and he walks. And, and, and now that's a great miracle. And you'd say, well, that's very impressive. But look at the last verse there in verse number 35. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron, that is a kind of a regional name for the whole area, saw him and turned to the Lord. So, I, I mean, it literally is God going... This is my messenger, Peter. He has the gospel. He's here in Lydda in this quarter going about with the saints and he's teaching or confirming and verifying the fact that they are in fact telling people about Jesus Christ. They are in fact witnessing for Him. They're in fact doing that with, uh, with great power to go forth and so that people might believe. And guess what? The great miracle that took place in the healing of this man with the palsy, it was confirmed that people saw that and they turned, that is repented uh, and, and turned unto the Lord. That's a great miracle. All right? Well, let's look at a greater miracle. Well, why don't you drop down to verse number 36. Verse number 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple. Now, now we're talking about a, a follower of Christ, okay? So, so let's, let's just say it this way, okay? Um, um, I, uh, Brother Barry, you may have to help me on this. Cashin. Would we say about 15 minutes that way? 15 miles that way? Okay, so, so we're here at Lydda, and we're doing the work here, and Peter's healing this man with the palsy. Then he goes another, like out towards Cashin, so to speak, and he finds himself in a place called Joppa. Anybody remember about Joppa? A little bit about that when, the, when, when Jonah, running from Nineveh, went to a place called Joppa, okay? All right, so he goes out to Joppa. It'd be like going out to Cashin, okay? So does anybody not know where Cashin is? Because I know a guy who can give you a world-class tour of Cashin and his brother Barry, okay? He can show you where all the, all, who, know, who owns what farms, and, and he can show you where he and his buddy, no, no, we don't show all that, but we, we can tell you where all the ponds, the good fishing ponds and all that, all right? So... <laughs> So if it's like going out there for about 10, 15 minutes away, uh, about miles rather away. And so Peter goes out there and now he's talking to a woman by the name of Tabitha or in the Greek, Dorcas. And the Bible says that she is a disciple, that is she's a follower of Christ. And, and what so happens is that when she's uh, out there in this place that this, uh, this woman actually dies all right, she she gets sick and she dies. Now now the widows are there mourning. These uh, women are there going. This is what this is what kind of woman Dorcas was or Tabitha was. She was the kind of woman that would make uh, make things for us. And they had things that they were showing off, uh, saying this is this is this woman. This this is what she did for me. This is the kind of person she was. And listen, I I, I don't I don't get a thrill at going to funerals. I don't enjoy uh, necessarily uh, the grieving and the mourning process. 
process, but, but one thing I do enjoy is hearing the stories of how God used that person in the lives of other people when maybe, maybe nobody else knew, but there they were serving their Lord, doing a blessing, and, and, and helping somebody else. I mean, uh, uh, I, I was, it was pretty neat. Brother Phil and I were out this week, and we were, we were in the 7-Eleven, which... That's a pretty regular stop for Phil and I. Okay, so uh, we're standing there at 7-Eleven. A guy comes in, and, uh, and a guy we've known for a number of years, and I said, uh, hey, you remember, you remember Brother Phil? And he said, uh, yeah, Brother Phil. I said, remember, he's the one uh, that you donated a shed for used of him bikes. Uh, it's been about, what now, eight years ago? And uh, almost, almost, almost eight years ago. And, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I said, well, Brother Phil, tell him, tell him what the bike ministry, what you've done with that bike ministry. And, and so he shared the story. The guy just, his jaw just kind of dropped open. Wow. You've given how many bicycles away to the people that just need bicycles? Now, I, I, you know, and I told him, I said, and gospel witness goes out with every one of those bikes, a tract, a, a sticker, and, 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 you know, connect. And, and the, the thought of, Wow. You know, people don't know that. I've shared that story with those people. I had no idea that that was going on. Yeah, there's an outreach. There's a witness going on that maybe not everybody knows about. Well, that's Tabitha. Tabitha is actually uh, making a difference in helping people's lives. And then the Bible says that she dies. And so, so they have been busy about washing up her body, getting her ready for death. So uh, look at verse uh, number 37. It came to pass in those days that when she was sick and, and, uh, and, and died, whom uh, they had washed, when they had, whom, when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent on him two men desiring that he would, he would not delay to come to them. Because back in those times, there, there was not like a, a many week long wake or, or a viewing and all that. I mean, we're talking about uh, passed away, cleaned, uh, uh, washed and put in an upper chamber and then buried. I mean, we're talking like within a day. Okay, so they're they're going forth and uh, you remember when remember when uh, Lazarus died? <laughs> he's he's been dead four days. Surely he's thinking. I mean, we're not talking about all the things that they do to bodies now, and uh, so he was already in the grave. All right. Now let me just let me just throw this out there. Okay. Someone says, Brother Russ, do we have any problem with cremation? Is that wrong? Is there anything wrong with that? Listen, I, I, there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that that I know of because God can recover the parts, okay? And if a body goes into the grave, there is a, there, I mean, you're not, you're not preserving the body in, in the grave, okay? And so, but, but there, is no, there is no precedent in the Bible of, of Christians being cremated, okay? So I'm just, I just want to throw that out there, okay? So there is a, there's a bodily uh, presence, okay? All right, so you can take that however you like. You say, well, well you think it's wrong? I, I'm just telling you, okay? That can be done. It just, you don't see it in New Testament Christian uh, uh, passing away of Christian people, all right? So there was a burial, all right? Now, here's the thing. Did that make you nervous? Okay, I'm just being honest with the scriptures. That's all, okay? All right, so, so now here's the thing. 
So he says, okay, they're, 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 she's already been in the grave. You need to hurry up and get over here uh, because uh, she is going to be already, already uh, put in the upper chamber, going to be buried. So, so they're in a hurry for Peter to come, and they send men over to come to, to get him. And so he comes over, and look at verse number, let's see here. <clears throat> verse number 39, Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and the window, the widow stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand, he lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. Well, that's a greater miracle than healing somebody that's sick, wouldn't you say? A man sick of the palsy, he's healed. Wow, that's a miracle. That's amazing. And God gave Peter that apostolic ability to work signs and wonders to be able to do those things because it was complementing the message he was preaching. It was confirming the message he was preaching. Matthew, Mark chapter 16, verse 18. I can share that verse till I'm blue in the face and there's some people just going, can't get it, can't get it, can't come through. I'm not letting that truth in my, in my head. I just can't absorb that. It was a confirming, it was an accessory. It's like, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's like the tie, okay? It's, a, it's an accessory to the gospel witness. The sign, gift, and wonder was to complement uh, the, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached that men might believe, okay? So, so that's what Peter's done. Peter's now, he's not only uh, healed the man sick of the palsy, that's a wonder. Wow, what is this about? Well, people are believing, going, he is the messenger. He does have the truth. Okay, now he's raised a woman from the dead. He's put everybody out, raised the woman from the dead. That's a greater miracle to where it's, it, it really is, as Jesus said. Jesus said, you will do this. You will raise people from the dead. I mean, y'all know anybody like that? Raised from the dead? Listen, when my son passed away, I was wishing there was somebody like that. There weren't any that showed up. Sorry, I got a mosquito bite on my back. <laughs> all right, so, so here we go, all right? It was at that time, and it was for the purpose, and the purpose is found in our next verse. Look at verse 42. It's, it's purposeful. It's a great miracle. It is a greater miracle, yes. But look at verse number uh, 42. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. All right? So what's the point? The point is, yes, it's a miracle. Yes, that's amazing. Somebody was raised from the dead. But it was not just so that, it's a, so that somebody, go, somebody go, wow, wow, man, that is awesome. He raised her from the dead. Wow, what a guy. That's amazing. It was for the point, and it was to compliment that the message that was already going out in the quarter there in Lydda and, and in Joppa around, and that where Dorcas or Tabitha was a disciple in that area, that was already going on. The message was already floating around the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that when Peter 
came and had that complementary uh, uh, power, uh, coupled, coupled with the gospel that was going forth, and that unity of those things working together, another miracle took place. What? The miracle that was not just great, and that someone's sick and they got healed. That's great. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed by prosthetics. I'm impressed that someone can lose a leg, have another tool put on their leg, and they can walk. I'm impressed by that. Anybody else impressed by that? I'm impressed by false teeth. A prosthetic helping to get things back to a better function. I'm impressed by that. Okay? Yes. But for someone to be healed of a disease of the palsy, Wow, that's impressive. That's miraculous. And then for someone to die and to be risen again from the dead, whew, man, that is, that, is, that is miraculous with a little bolder print. But the real miracle that's taken place in our passage here this morning is complementary to the miracle that took place earlier in the chapter in the salvation of Paul, the Saul of Tarsus, and that's this, that men might believe. They might be saved. And that was the point. And that is the point. And, and, and the greatest miracle of all miracles is that someone would not only have their physical body healed or their physical body <laughs> regenerated, but that someone would have their soul their soul saved by the message of Jesus Christ. So the gospel, the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Everyone that believes, you first also to the Greek, it is the power of God. The wondrous miracles are just the frame. So all that being said, let's be careful we don't get going, man, I want to see a miracle, I want to see a miracle. The greatest miracle that can ever take place, and if you want to see it, it can happen, is to present the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ so that someone might believe. Why doesn't that happen anymore? Because that which is perfect has come. We now have the full scripture. And I, I know I'm beating the dead horse. I know we all get this. We all are on page with this. But I'm just saying, now we have that which is perfect. And, 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 and the ones who had the power to do, to speak in tongues and all those the Bible says that they have ceased. The apostles have ceased. So there's no more a power to come in and go, all right, you have, uh, you have, um, uh, I have a friend right now, his wife has pancreatic cancer. Yeah, pancreatic cancer. I'll use my, my exhibit A here. All right. You have pancreatic cancer, healed. God doesn't do that anymore. He did it in the, that time because that was the first century neutral being cut of the gospel being presented in this institution of the New Testament church. That was going on. Yes, no, no way to deny that. But that's not how it works today. So maybe before we get too excited about how many miracles can take place in our life,
let's remember the greatest miracle that we get to be a part of and can be a part of every day is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ so that someone's soul could be made whole. They could be saved. So, I like excitement. I like the excitement and the, mo- the moment. I do. It is, it's great. But the, but the greater picture and the real point is this. The, the, the changing of lives is the greatest miracle that God is about. And it's of a spiritual nature. And so this room right here is filled with miracles. I went to Tulsa yesterday. I saw the old Mies Trail. He saved my soul. He made me whole. That's a miracle. I said, Dad, what, when you grew up here, what did I said, that's, 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 that's life gone. That's the old man. He's gone. God performed a miracle in my life. He saved my soul. And there are people in Edmond that need that. And we're never going to see those miracles take place until we get them into the presence of the miracle working power of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to share it. We've got to share it. I talked to a guy yesterday. He may be watching. I don't know. I won't share his name. Knocked on his door. He said, y'all are Baptist people. I said, we are. He said, wow. I'm looking for a Baptist church. I said, Awesome. Well, we have one. <laughs> and he started asking questions about it. He said, we're coming. Me and my family, you're going to see us. Now, we got something going tomorrow, but you're going to see us next Sunday. Amen. Amen. Well, is that, is that miraculous that God could orchestrate that? I did, I, and I had to tell him, you know, I'm thinking about these, these things here. And then I said, you're looking, and here we are. I don't know what to tell you other than God knows. And that's miraculous. God does those things. He does. Now let's be careful that we don't, we don't miss the, the, the vehicle of heaven, going to heaven, the bike, so to speak, for the bells and the whistles of miracles. Because the greatest miracle is that He allows us to get there. So let's not lose sight of that and let's stay engaged in that effort to helping people to be born again, to be saved by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's stand together here. Our heads bowed and our musicians make their way to the front here. Let's ask God to help us. Father, thank you for the very word of God. Thank you for the the, the rich picture that you have given to us. Uh, Being able to see the change that comes about in lives and the complement of of miracles that was that that would have that will and and are in in pale in comparison to the very miracle of people believing people being saved and lord i thank you this morning for that for that wonder for that truth and i i'd ask you this morning that if someone is here this morning that does not know you doesn't have salvation hasn't been forgiven of their sins, they have not fully believed in Jesus Christ, then I pray before they leave that they would do that. And we can help them. Someone could help them for the church. I'd be glad to help them. A parent, a, a friend, a, someone sitting on their row, perhaps that needs to be saved. 
and they could they could be helped to more, this morning. If someone is watching, oh God, then that needs to be saved, needs to be born again. Then Lord, help them to reach out to us, to contact us, to call our phone number, call the text us, message us, that we may be able to help them experience the greatest miracle of all miracles to be born again, to be saved, to receive Jesus as their Savior. Lord, help us. Help us to be busy about that miraculous work of sharing the gospel that people may be saved. Help us to do that, Lord. However you've worked in hearts this morning, would you please accomplish your will in Jesus' name. Amen.